everybody welcome back once again this is not another new girl podcast i'm ellie kniff and hannah scambalone as always yeah um before we get into it so i just want to apologize to the listeners for the weird sounds outside (laughs) Um, my landladies are having the house painted so it will be affecting the audio and the editing but I'm a little bit not sorry. <laughs> it just adds to, to the ambiance of a real down-to-earth handmade podcast, so <laughs> I feel like our listeners will forgive us. Yeah. They and better. The hot, the hot painter that's out there, if you're listening, mm. I want your number. Gotta get that hot <laughs> painter's number for all of us. I know. <laughs> I know. We had a brief conversation when I said, can I walk through the garage? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then I... I was in love from then on. I could feel the connection. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how are you? Um, you know, it's only been two days in our world <laughs> since we last spoke, but I'm good. In six days, I will be in New York, so couldn't be better, frankly. <laughs> yeah, by the time this episode's out, you'll already be there. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Exciting. From uh, Redacted, Brooklyn. <laughs> BK. I can't wait. <laughs> I've been front-loading a lot of podcasts, though, in preparation for this move, for both this and for the one that I do with Kyle, um, which is called The Couch Potatoes, if you guys uh, yes. haven't heard of that. Um, but uh, this is like my f- fifth day in a row of recording podcast content, so <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> Sharpening those tools. Sharpening something. <laughs> I think it's my vocal cords. <laughs> um, well, if you were in Nick's position at the start of this episode, 22, uh, and you decided to give up dating, what would be your tomato plant? Oh, man. Well, I feel like Nick kind of really got ahead of the curve on the houseplant trend. I think he definitely would have had a lot more like hipster plants had this been filmed 10 years later <laughs> as for me though i don't know i feel like i've already had like a lot of weird hobbies so if i were to be single from the relationship that i was in now i would go horseback riding all the time because kyle is afraid of horses much to my chagrin <laughs> I'm, I'm always telling him that he's gonna need to know how to ride a horse at one point you know, like, just in case, like, what what if there's an apocalypse and you gotta ride a horse somewhere? I don't know. It's just a skill you should have. But he refuses, so. <laughs> he's a white guy who's an actor. Like, he's gonna have to yeah, ride a horse. Yeah, he's gonna have to ride a horse. Reason. And that's yeah. what I said. And I was like, do you want Chalamet <laughs> to ride a horse in any of his scenes and you, not, you get a stunt double? Like... <laughs> tiny horse <laughs> so if i ever found myself single i think i'd become like one of those horse women for briefly it's kind of expensive so i probably wouldn't do it for long but i, I would definitely ride some horses <laughs> how about you <laughs> <laughs> that's a great answer <laughs> my answer is much more lame because like this is my reality now so like all the weird things that i'm doing because like i haven't really dated since the pandemic because like why i don't want to die to get some mediocre dick but uh, (laughs) i um so yeah i guess my answer is that i would fill it with a lot of podcasts about royal family gossip which is what i'm which is what's happening yeah and it's just as much drama as being in a relationship but without the commitment I wanted to ask you, as a recent expert on the royal family drama, (laughs) do you subscribe to the theory that Prince William cheated on Kate and that's why the media is pushing the Meghan Markle stuff so bad is because the palace is trying to cover that up? Because I read that somewhere recently and I was like, oh, it could make some sense. (laughs) I, I wouldn't be shocked if that is true to a certain extent, but I do think that the Meghan Markle stuff is like, interesting enough that like they didn't really need to work that hard they were that's probably fair. like Ooh, cover it up but also like Meghan markle is so cool she and prince harry are very cool They're she's very so hot. unbothered oh wish i could be like that <laughs> <laughs> i love them so much <laughs> i read articles about them all the time it's so embarrassing <laughs> i'm 
listening to a podcast today and they were like, Prince Harry is feeling this way about his most recent documentary. And I was like, oh yeah, this is so, this is the best thing I've heard all day. Sign me up for that documentary. So embarrassing. It's on Apple TV. I haven't seen it yet because it's on Apple TV, but apparently he like roasts. It's the closest thing we have to Diana still being alive is uh, her son carrying on her um, humanitarian legacy. So why wouldn't we be super into them? Plus, they're both really hot and very graceful. And (laughs) they seem to be great parents to their sons. So looking forward to the birth of their daughter. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The other day, I was talking to Jillian and she was like, the way I like to think that Meghan and Harry loved the royal family is like they were all around a dinner table and it was really quiet and stuffy. And then Prince Harry throws down his fork and he says, babe, we're too hot for this. (laughs) And Meghan Markle goes, you're so right, babe. (laughs) They walk out. You're so right, babe. Like, true. They're they're Uh, too hot for that. That's exactly how it went down. I'm I'm amazed that Jillian Jillian was able to (laughs) capture that so succinctly. Uh, Well... Shall we talk about episode 22, Tomatoes? We should probably talk about Nick uh, growing those tomatoes. <laughs> Which I can understand. I, I uh, recently have gotten into keeping houseplants, and uh, Julia and Al, uh, my friend from work, have set me up really nice with some plants that they assure me won't die. But I also <laughs> got a basil plant, because uh, I'm Italian as fuck, and uh, I needed to have some basil. And it's gotten so big. I'm so proud of this thing. I water it every day. I go with little scissors and, and trim, like, the diseased leaves. I, this, this, I'm going to hug this basil all the way to New York so it doesn't tip over. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of me with it so you can see it. It's just grown like a weed. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. That's beautiful. Unfortunately, I don't have roof access, so I never needed to build, like, a scarecrow or anything to, to deter <laughs> The birds outside from eating my basil. <laughs> Just had to keep the cat away from it, probably. We can go back to the episode now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Schmidt and Cece. Oh, yes. Ugh. So their chemistry, they really nailed it with the chemistry between these two actors. But the end of this episode was so great. Just seeing them finally, like, admit their feelings to each other. I was like, <laughs> about damn time. And I'll be under some strange circumstances but i mean that seemed like kind of typical of them honestly to just kind of like test each other like they're very much like a risk-taking couple and it seemed uh certainly like a, an episode in which one of them was taking some risks <laughs> it almost seemed like something like that absurd needed to happen for them to just be like all right enough of this i like you enough is enough <laughs> babe we're too hot for this let's get out of here <laughs> He throws his fork down. That's exactly what happened. Somebody's gotta, somebody's gotta say it to Elizabeth and Philip because they didn't hear. <laughs> they said what? <laughs> That's uh, there's parallels. There's parallels there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we gotta talk about Nadia. Speaking oh, of my. what happened to Schmidt, how they ended up there. Once again, played by Rebecca Reed, who's really not known for much outside of this and a few other small roles on Fox sitcoms. She does kill this here, though. (laughs) Yeah, I love that her trope is just that she doesn't know how to, like, talk to people. Like, she's just so awkward, but, like, confident and says things that don't make any sense. Like, every single time she's saying something offensive to Schmidt and Cece's just like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I like his face. I want to punch it. He goes, beautiful women. You can really just say anything, can't you? <laughs> and then she has the whole monologue where they're at dinner about all the things she likes about America. David Fincher. Uh, David Fincher. <laughs> Tosh 2.0. <laughs> uh, also a lovely peek into... 2012 the things that she says those are some things that i also like about america yeah i like david fincher and strawberries well the other big significant thing that happens in this episode is that we see the end of jess and russell 
Ellie can barely contain her smiles as she pronounces the the death of this relationship. It's over. <laughs> it's over, Bishas. I knew as, as soon as Jean Triplehorn showed up, it was gonna be over. <laughs> God, that scene with the three of them in the restaurant is so funny. Where she's doing Russell's all right, Uli's all right. <laughs> Uli's doing like the fake like Spanish accent where she's like quesadilla. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I didn't think I would ever sign with Russell, but like I get it. I've been there, man. <laughs> like that one bitch that you knew in college that went to Spain for like three weeks to study abroad and then it's quesadilla. Like... <laughs> I felt like their writing and their relationship was wildly inconsistent. I feel like the reason they broke up was because there wasn't enough passion, but then we get that, like, scene in just the prior ep- or two prior episodes with, like, the underwear and everything, and it's like, okay, well, so did, was that just a honeymoon phase that died off, or, like, what? I don't know. I feel like they were just kind of, oh, we gotta get rid of this guy now, season's ending, you know, kind of thing. I wonder if, like, the, that scene, I know we talked in the last episode about, like, oh, it's super awkward because neither of them are being themselves. I wonder if that was, like, intentional for us to be like, oh, yeah, there is no passion there because, like, they're trying really hard, but it's just, like, weird. Yeah. Maybe? I, yeah, I, I kind of think that that's, it was probably intentional where we just, like, didn't want, like, like, they wanted us to see that there, like, really wasn't, like, a genuine spark between them because, like, as soon as they started arguing at the restaurant and as soon as they start she starts arguing with nick later on we can see like absolutely like a like a sort of tense escalation so maybe you're right about that now that we're sort of seeing the end of the relationship that that was probably planted there to look a little bit like maybe less forced or i don't know yeah could go both ways (laughs) yeah interesting because i do think that you were right in the last episode to be like oh, it seemed almost unintentional. Like, someone was, like, projecting their fantasy onto these characters, and it just ended up, like, being bad writing. But, like, maybe we don't give them enough credit. Maybe they were, like, trying to make us feel weird. (laughs) Maybe if we had talked about, like, these three episodes in a row or whatever, we would have thought differently about that. Still was weird in the moment. I mean, it doesn't make it any less weird in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes to, like, the the whole passion idea, do we side more with Jess or with Russell? Well, I mean, we're, t- we're, t- um, we're 23 and 24, so uh, <laughs> probably Jess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm fortunate to have grown up with, like, parents that have had have a really healthy relationship. So I know this is a cheating answer, but I guess, like, finding, like, a middle ground... Like, uh, I once broke up with somebody because my mom was like, well, you gotta feel something, like, you gotta feel a certain way when they walk into a room, and I was like, oh, no, I don't really, like, feel that way about this person. And that, and some other things led me to break up with them. So, I don't know, I feel like they they always gave me, like, a really good example of, like, a, like a great middle ground, you know? Yeah. And I'm trying to emulate that in my relationship. Now, without digging into that too much, <laughs> I think there's a fair amount of both passion and partnership. I don't know. I think that, like, the new model that we're, like, people our age and, like, younger and maybe a little older are going with, where it's, like, not so much, like, a marriage model, but it's, like, more of, like, a partnership model. Like, that word itself just sort of, like, demands more from each party. So I feel like we're starting to think about this dichotomy a little bit differently. Like, it doesn't always have to be you know, this tumultuous thing, it, it can, you know, be like, you know, like, uh, what, what's it called? What am I trying to say? Where you, like, stoke a fire to last a long time? You yeah. just, like, <laughs> keep <laughs> keep those embers smoldering? I don't know. I lost the, I lost the, uh, the metaphor. Long story short, I think 50-50 is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect balance to strike. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, similar, and I guess, like, I have a little slightly different perspective because I'm not in a committed relationship and I've had very few <laughs> committed relationships. I do think that like, at least for like someone who is like sort of dating around and isn't like ready for like something super serious right now or whatever, like, yeah, there are times when 
you want a relationship that is like super passionate and super fiery but like I've been in situations like where I've come out of something really crazy and I'm like I kind of just want to like date someone boring (laughs) and like I'll probably break up with them like pretty soon but like I don't know it's a little a little bit of a rest or at least like some company that isn't like going to hurt me which is probably like a a fuck boy thing to say but (laughs) (laughs) no no it's not at all (laughs) no and then that's the cool thing about if you decide you're like a kind of person who wants to be in like a long-term relationship or if you find somebody that you want to make like something long-term work with the fun part of that like specifically with this last year of quarantine and everything it's just like figuring out like all right or we're gonna approach this like what does the other person need? Do they need passion right now? Do they need a break? Do they need, like, somebody level-headed? Do they need somebody to step back? You know, it's, like, it's all about, like, sort of, like, constantly evaluating, like, the other person's needs. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're just getting into general relationship <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but I don't want to make it sound like I, I'm in a passionless relationship by any means. That is not true. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like you found a good middle ground. It's hard. It's hard to hard to feel passionate about anything after this last year. I hope you gotta be honest. Yeah, I feel passionate <laughs> about the royal family. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> well, are we sad to see the end of Jess and Russell? No, it lasted longer than I thought it was going to. To bh. Yeah, I'm overjoyed to see it go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be back either. I was shocked. Well, we'll get to that on the next episode. First of all, I was shocked to see the return of Caroline. I didn't think that would happen. Really, it hoped that it wouldn't. Nick's really been kind of on a downward spiral this season. Yeah. Well, uh, we should talk about that moment with Jess and Nick because it's so, it's like they're hitting us over the head with that. Oh, yeah. Right (laughs) after she's like, oh, there's no passion. And she's at the gym with Uli and Uli's like oh yeah like it's just like you're standing on a mountain and there's fire and you're naked and Jess is like what? (laughs) And then just to come home and um, to have Jess just like immediately start screaming at Nick but like in a way where you're like oh you can tell that she cares about him because she's like stop wasting your potential like you you, she like hurt you and he's (laughs) he admits that and it's just spicy spicy between them also them it's it's great when you when you find somebody that like can match your level of weird so when they're like shaking their asses at each other and she's he's like look at my ass and she was like don't look at my ass and runs out of the like it's how a passionate fight will end at times (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of how do we feel about nick and caroline being back together Ugh, she's so it's so funny, the X-Frost that they give her, like, when she comes out to the bar, and they're all just like, hi. <laughs> like, it's like, you know exactly who that is. God, she's the worst. Yeah. Shall we transition to 23? Episode 23? Let's do it. Alright, here we go. Let's get into it. Episode 23, Backslide, the penultimate episode of season one. Ooh, yes. And just so you all know, we are gonna stretch the end of the season out a little bit. So next episode, we're gonna be talking about the season finale and kind of the season in general and where the characters are and do some reflecting of our own. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, next to last, first, first. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, ha- this is a this is a targeted question. <laughs> Have you ever gotten back together with an ex, Hannah? Well, it's funny because I read this and I was like, no, but then, (laughs) yeah, my current relationship actually, actually was me getting back together with my ex about actually three years ago on the day of this recording. Um, We decided to get back together, which was lovely. In that case, the timing just wasn't right. The first time, first time we dated was like my, the entirety of my freshman year of college and his senior year of college. Um, and a little bit into that summer. And just the, that timing of that didn't quite work out. And, and we were all in different places. And then uh, after a few relationships each slash time apart to grow, three years later, we reconnected. And yeah, now everything's great. We do a lot of theater together and watch a lot of Jeopardy and couldn't ask for anything else. 
Um, but I do realize, I do recognize, and I want to recognize in the context of Benefer getting back together, that it's not always a good thing to get back <laughs> with your ex. <laughs> it's, it should not be, it should not feel like the devil on your shoulder is telling you to text your ex. If that's the feeling, it's not a good idea. <laughs> but in my case, it, it ended up working out really nicely. And uh, we're moving together. We lived together for two years. It's It's great. <laughs> I knew I knew it was gonna be a happy yeah. story. That's why I put the question in there. <laughs> I I've never gotten back together with an ex, and I don't think that I would with any of the people that That's I've valid. dated. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe one or two of them I would give them a second chance. But actually, really, there's really only one ex that of mine that I would ever get back together with. That's valid. <laughs> if you, if you're my ex and you're listening to this, you'll know if it was you. Um, it's probably it's not. not. <laughs> It's not you. <laughs> it's probably not you if I don't talk to you. You, you blew um, your chance with Ellie Kinev. <laughs> Sorry. With the coolest bitch you know. The coolest bitch you, you know. Blew <laughs> you blew it. You blew your chance. So, yeah, this whole episode's about getting back with your ex. We have the return of Genslinger. Oh, my gosh. I was... Talk about shocked to see Nick and Caroline back together. I was... Lord to see him <laughs> in this episode and I wouldn't I wouldn't predicted that in a million years I like had to pause it to write that down like this I'm completely did not predict that at all especially not him having a girlfriend and I felt so bad for Jess because she starts this season getting cheated on and then she ends up being the person that somebody cheated with um, so she kind of had felt both sides of the coin there which which sucks to my knowledge i've never been the person that somebody's cheated with to my knowledge yeah same same yeah, same. <laughs> yeah it's like some some things it would be hard to tell yeah <laughs> yeah but also i think that the fact that jess had been through that before really helped her in the end with the two of them sort of patch things up with what was her name jen, jen. i don't think jen should have given paul a second chance but you know, it yeah, was good that she was able to skate out of that situation without getting stabbed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jen, no, don't ever get back with someone who cheats Ugh, on you. Oh, never. Also. Never. That's like, I don't know, what, what, the two, I guess the only, like, two rule breakers, participant in Capital Riot and cheated on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine if you had, like, been hitting it off with this dude and then you just find out that he was, like there that would be like a sitcom prompt if sitcoms were still a thing today <laughs> like i feel like it, it has to be like the first thing that i ask nowadays like not were you at the capitol riot but i was like <laughs> so uh how do you feel about <laughs> how do you feel about our electoral system in general and uh <laughs> i lead with so capitalism huh <laughs> and then i see what they say <laughs> lead with uh institutionalized racism thoughts <laughs> No, hopefully no one that encounters me. Like, look at me. I, I look bisexual as hell. So, like, if anyone's, like, coming up to me and thinks that they can get away with being a Republican in front of me, they're wrong. Cece walks in, into the bar in this episode wearing a beanie and a sweatshirt. And Jess goes, why is she dressed like a woman studies major? And I was like, hold on. That's how I dress all the time. I literally thought of you. I also was like, that's what I'm sporting today with the little, <laughs> the little collar, too. I look very gay right now. No, but you look adorable. Your glasses are so perfect for your face. I love it when people find glasses that just like. Yeah. Warp. God, I, did I tell you about the. T- I won't include this in the podcast. I like crushed these glasses like back in December going roller skating in the rain and then I was like crying and having a panic attack and I went to Lens Crafters and they fixed them for free. Oh, how nice of Lens Crafters. Big shout to them. Maybe I'll leave this part in so people know. Big shouts to Lens Crafters. We're not sponsored by them. They just did me a solid. If you're if you're crying and need in need repair or in need of a glasses repair, lens crafters are your guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, have you ever been like in Jess's situation? Not like you're the other woman, but like you see someone your ex is dating now, and like they look exactly like you. I've never seen it. Kyle says that everybody he dated in the interim between our two relationships looked like a worse version of me. His his words. But I've never actually seen what any of those look like, so I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure they're beautiful. (laughs) 
I dated someone and then the person that he dated after me I he like posted a picture of her and I literally thought it was a picture of me oh no I thought it was like a picture of us and I was like why is he posting this and then it was someone else and I was like boy has a type some people do be having a type though (laughs) I have absolutely a type and it's it's like Kyle like every time I see somebody that looks like vaguely (laughs) I'm like oh why do I think that celebrity's cute it's like oh (laughs) Why am I so attracted to Seth Rogen in his 30s? Oh. <laughs> Seth Rogen's hot now, though, so it's not even embarrassing to say that you have a crush on him anymore. Not even a little bit. He's keeping it together down there. He really is. Good for him. No allegations against him or anything. You gotta keep it. You gotta keep it coach. Thank God. I know, right? That was like when that that fake log was going around, like that fake log from Epstein's jet or whatever was going around on Twitter, and it had people like Tom Hanks and Tarantino on it. <laughs> and I was like, no, I was really panicked for a second. I was like, it ended up just being some QAnon bullshit. But I was like, no, don't, please tell me Tom Hanks wasn't on the jet. <laughs> I can lose Bill Gates. I can handle that. But Tom Hanks, you're not America's dad. No. <laughs> What are we saying? What's happening? So anyway, oh, the person looks like you that you're dating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, like, cannot imagine being in Jess's situation. And it's like, you find out that you were the other woman. You turn around, and then the person looks exactly like you. Oh, man, I would die. I would, like, I would just leave. And she's like, yeah, the electoral college. We were just talking about the electoral college. So votes don't matter as much as you think. It upsets me too. Goodbye. <laughs> that joke aged well. Yes, it did. <laughs> Do, should Jess have inserted herself in the proposal like that, though? No. And here's why. I think it would have been, like, a cool move if they had still been, like, bros. They hadn't just slept together again. If she had, like, known him and, like, knew that he had been carrying that ring around and he was nervous and didn't know for the right time and, like, maybe you knew that he would be comfortable if you kickstarted it. I feel like, I feel like, I feel a little weird about it. I just, uh, I know that they seemed happy, but I can't see that marriage lasting. (laughs) Yeah. At all. (laughs) I kept being like, oh, Ellie, you're, like, really overthinking this. But I was like, no, say no. Like, I know she says yes. Yeah. (laughs) Jen, don't do it. (laughs) You're so cute. We see them, like, five years later. And, yeah, they're they're not together. (laughs) Oof. Well, one of my other favorite parts of this episode, we need to open up a discourse on Winston getting his ear pierced. Oh, my gosh. I liked it. (laughs) No. <laughs> well, I like, okay, I liked it in the first, like, when he first just had the little stud, like. The peacock feather, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my friends, like, re- my one of my friends just got her nose, her nose pierced, and I, she was, like, asking me a question about her nose piercing, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, haven't you had that for a long time? And she was like, no, I got it, like, two days ago. And I was like, oh, oh it just, like, makes sense on your face, like. Yeah. You must have done it right, because I was like, you've always had this. And when Winston walked in with, like, the one stud earring, I was didn't even notice. I was like, he looks great. It's a great look for him. But then when he started doing the crazy, the crazy uh, earrings, I was like, ah, but the one stud. And then him, it's him and Joe Napoli's like, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. <laughs> don't ever pierce my ear. I don't care what drug we're on. <laughs> don't. Do not put needles in my body. <laughs> or when Schmidt and Winston are playing video games and, and he's like, I'm really going to miss you, Winston. Or when your caravan moves on to the next village. <laughs> Don't wear one hoop. There's no way to make that look good. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I thought it was fun that, uh, that you could see how witty all of them are through that. Like... <laughs> the jokes that everyone would make about it but I was also like back off when he just had the one stud he looked hot he did (laughs) poor Winston I was like weirded out by Shelby's presence once again didn't have any lines I'm just unsure where the heat in their relationship is coming from Um, I hope they figure this out soon because I feel like it's really kind of the weakest part of the show honestly yeah 
Which, again, I attribute probably to the writers being racist, unfortunately. Yeah, whether consciously or not, it's, uh, exclusion is racism. So, we had all this room for all of these white storylines in these 22 episodes. You know, we could, we could find some, some time to flesh them out a little bit, like. Yeah, because it does really come out of nowhere. We haven't seen her in weeks, and then all of a sudden she's there and they're, like, madly in love. It almost seems like... This is just conjecture on my part, so please don't sue me, Fox. It seems like most of the writers are probably white, and it seems like they're intimidated to write depth to Winston or Shelby's character. Like, it's like they haven't... It, does that make sense? They're too afraid to develop them, like, be, either because of their own identities or whatever. Yeah, because I think for the time, like, we've talked about this before, I think, like, in 2012, this show was, like fairly progressive just in terms of it like, was having like half your main cast be people of color and like having you know a prominent jewish character and and stuff like that that are all like getting along and it's not like about their differences and no one's like like i mean like they all like face racism sexism whatever but, like, not in a way where, like, they're not friends because of it. Like, it's not, like, Jess says something racist to Shelby. Right. <laughs> it's, right. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, Shelby's really nice or what? Yeah, you know. So, but, like, yeah, I think it is, like, really obvious. Or maybe, like, that's true that that is. It's, like, people being, like, oh, we're trying to do something progressive and, like, have diversity in the main cast. But, like, we also don't want to, like, misstep because this representation needs to be there and we don't want to mess it up. Or they're just using that kind of as an excuse. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I, someone else will write this or, like, I can't be the one to write this character. And it's just like, it's like, that's not, it's not on the burden of the actor, you know? It's not on the burden of, of the only writers of color to, like, make this character a person. Like, we're all people. Right. And I, and, and I know that, like, we've, we've talked about Winston before and I know that he gets to a different place, like, character-wise. And, like, we can kind of see him moving in that direction. But I really hope that they, uh, kind of learn to embrace him a little bit more. Because I love Winston. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. I, I have read that, like, by the end there were more writers of color in the room. And that's why, like, Winston's character becomes a little bit more, like, <laughs> a little bit less, like, oh, he's just, like, the competitive guy who played basketball and he's a straight man. We don't know what to do with him. And he gets to be, like, funny like the rest of them. And yeah. face problems like the rest of them. And, I mean, he always, like, was funny and dynamic, but just... I do like that they wouldn't let him talk to Jess about her breakup. He's like, your life is going too good right now, Winston. <laughs> and he's got the peacock feather. He's like, I'm in the prime yeah. of my life. And they're like, I'm in the prime of my life. <laughs> Go back to the stud, Winston. I will say it a million times. You looked hot. <laughs> Can we talk about the DVD? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Just because... That made me laugh so much. They like he knew as soon as they started wrestling him down and Schmidt like in the video like he opens his wallet the same way that he shut it in the video and he's like I kept it for two years. <laughs> and he's like like that wasn't that long ago. Like if we're looking at like the they had broken up like what a couple weeks before the pilot. So. Yeah. It's been close to a year, we want to say. Yeah, but it's like, you can see, like, the transformation in him. So that means that, like, he had that hair and was looking like that, like, a week before Jess moved in. <laughs> They're like, somebody new is moving in, you gotta get rid of it. <laughs> you think vagrants live here in this attic loft. <laughs> I like to think Coach was like, please. <laughs> I loved that line in the end where he was like, be nicer to Coach, or he's going to take off, move in with a bunch of other white people. <laughs> and he said that because the actor that played Coach originally left the show to go do Happy Ending, right. which was another show with a bunch of white people. <laughs> so. Well, speaking of the DVD, how oh, can we talk about Nick and Caroline moving in together? Her pitch to him... I'm 33 and I'm never going to find anyone better. Like, okay, like, are you really going to somebody that you know is in, like, a bad place and, like, that's all you can muster up? Like, it's, I, it's, mm, upset about it. 
Yeah. Also, that after, as after having just obtained and signed a big city lease with bad credit, it's incredible that he got a lease and signed it that fucking morning. He's got a credit score of like 115. Like, how did that happen? I have an amazing credit score. It took me months to get an apartment in New York. <laughs> no way did they get that beautiful apartment that day. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> And, like, built-in built bookcase in the wall, and there was, like, multiple rooms. I was like, no, they're gonna be... <laughs> they're gonna put you in, like, a cardboard... Like, a railroad, <laughs> like, style apartment that you would be lucky to get with that credit score. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, it was... Okay, how long had they even been back together? It can't have been long. So, like, a what, like, a week? I was trying to think, like, yeah, like, it had to have been, like, if we were saying that we thought it was about week to week, besides that one big break mid-season, it's about a week in mid- So it's had no more than two weeks, right? Yeah. Like, that max. It's moving so fast. I, it just, like, it gave me the willies. I was like, mm, red flags, red flags, red flags. And she's just, like, not nice. She's not nice to the friends. She does not, like, seem particularly into him or appreciative of him. And I love Mary Elizabeth Ellis. I think she's hilarious on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But she's definitely horrible as this character. <laughs> I mean, she's a great actor. It's just, like, I don't oh, think for sure. you're supposed to like this character. As, no, not in the slightest. she's just so, like, ugh. I don't know. Like, that. I feel like that's, like, classic abusive behavior to, like, be like, okay, I, it's almost like she's like, I'm going to give you this opportunity because the way that he got the apartment, probably because of her credit score. And, like, yeah. she's probably can afford it. And, like, he's just, like, riding the wave. So it's like, oh, I'm going to, like, take you and you're going to get this thing. But, like, now you're stuck with me after a week? No, no, no. Get out of there, Nicholas. I was... And it's, it, it seems like he what he said at the end of the video like to himself really backfired he's like do you still want to be a bartender do you still want to do this this and this not recognizing that growth is not a bell curve and we know that now if therapy is a lot more you know accessible and widespread but like i don't know how much of a change he was expecting to get in his life it's been a year he's been through several rough breakups like is that just us looking at time differently after the pandemic or what? <laughs> like, no, I think it's when you have a job or when you're like out of college and like you're an adult, like having a job for like a year or two years is like not that long to keep that job. Not at all. So, so like, I mean, I'm, he was a bartender before he broke up with Caroline, but also like, you know, it's not a bad gig to have. It honestly seemed like that. And here we're about to get into this whole huge cycle of abuse thing. It honestly seemed like that was language that he was getting from Caroline, like, in their relationship. Or, like, maybe that's why she broke up with him or whatever. Mm -hmm. She made him feel insufficient for being what he was. Ironically, he still is that now going back into the same relationship and expecting different results. Like, it's just, like, a a horrible... And she... If that... If we're assuming that I'm right and that's true, like, she's just gonna go right back to you know, berating him for that. Well, nothing, nothing has changed. Yeah. In fact, it's worse because you don't have your support system. You're going to be living with somebody is not easy. Like you guys, that, that, ah, it's not going to be good. I predict that, uh, something drastic happens to stop this, but we only have one episode left. So, ah, (laughs) he literally says to them at the bar that she used to be physically, emotionally, and verbally abusive to him. Yeah. How, what a catch, man. Like, do you hear yourself? And then he's like, but she's changed. She hasn't. No one, people like that don't change. People like that don't change. Sorry, they don't. People can change with, you know, work and accountability and support system and medication if they need it, whatever. People like that don't change because they don't want to change. They don't think they need to change. And that's the first step. Ah, mm, mm, ah. <laughs> been making a lot of these noises this week as I prepare for this move. I've just been like going like ah! <laughs> Little screams. Well it really like we're really getting <laughs> to the end of this season and it's like all building and so that's like I I feel like it's really building to something and so I feel it. I, I when I think about this situation I want to scream but also because I feel like these people are my friends and if you were oh, doing yeah. this I'd be like 
be so honest with me if I ever do this. You know I would. You know I would. Oh, oh make make me a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> These are your tears. You saved him, you sad loser. And then he's crying into the jar later in, in the video. I wonder if it went from the Nyx tears jar to the douchebag jar. They only have one jar. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one jar. I keep weed in it, so. <laughs> I got a couple jars. I have one mason jar. <laughs> I keep my weed in this little spice container. Oh. I bet that's nice and smell-proof. Yeah, it used to have spices, now it has weed. Hmm. <laughs> like most, like most weed containers tend to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on the topic of couples, let's uh, change the tone to a couple that we like. <laughs> oh, but I like them so much, it soothed me for the rest of the episode. <laughs> the pain of the rest of the episode was ebbed by their relationship. <laughs> grandma and Schmidt's like I hate old people and then like he meets them and like he's just really vibing with them it's like the first time we get to see Schmidt being so like sweet and earnest like really himself yeah Yeah. he's like not put he's and then she's like she's just what she needs right now and you could see like this respect between uh her her and her grandmother like uh, it was just all just awesome heartwarming so cute. He's like, he's like walking around. He's like, I've never been this flaccid in my life. <laughs> like the the judgmental looks that they were getting from some of the other old people were really funny too. Ah! <laughs> are these emotional intimacy turning you on? <laughs> like the two old guys behind him are like. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the fir- in the earlier episode when he's like, don't bend over. God, are you insane? <laughs> Do you want to talk favorite character moments? I think we should. I just said two of mine, so. <laughs> well, uh, what was your favorite dress moment? Oh, man. I loved it when, when she was like, why is, why is Cece dressed like a women's studies major? <laughs> She's, like, never seen Cece at, like, less than an eight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mine was just, like, all of her planting seed puns at the beginning of the tomatoes episode. They're ripe! <laughs> He's sowing the seeds for a more fruitful tomorrow. <laughs> okay, no more, no more planting puns. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, honestly, the whole tomato where he's got the scarecrow down and like he's like, get off my farm! <laughs> like he's like going after him with the pitchfork. What was your favorite Schmidt moment? Oh, when the I mean, honestly, all of the broken penis jokes are hilarious when he's like i think there's a right angle in her vagina somewhere <laughs> like, but when he's like don't bend over like what are you and say call a nurse call a male nurse mine was also in that scene when after she's like i like you he's like you like my personality <laughs> <laughs> same schmidt that amazes me about myself as well <laughs> What was your favorite Nick moment? My favorite Nick moment was one of my favorite moments in this entire show, to my memory, which is, shall I compare, which is, the, it, this is the poem um, that he writes to Caroline in the past for himself to read now. <clears throat> shall I compare thee to a summer's day? No, a summer's day is not a bitch. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> What's better than that? <laughs> I think about that all the time. Uh, what was your favorite Winston moment? Um, when he comes in and he's like, Jess is, <laughs> Jess is laying there. This is also sort of a combined Winston Jess moment. He comes in after her breakup with Russell and he's like, hey Jess, uh, what's this song? She's like, the river. Do you like it? <laughs> and he's like, well, I liked it at 10 p.m. when you played it the first time. <laughs> Much less at 2 a.m. when it was still going. <laughs> and he goes, now I hope the sun comes up and the ice melts and that woman drowns. <laughs> had it on a record like a vinyl so she would have to like pick it up and drop that was so funny she's oh been listening God. to just that song um my favorite was when winston's like could trying to like fuck with schmidt and like get him to be aroused and the last thing he says is bernadette peters on a high beam and schmidt's like oh god freshly baked bread what was your favorite cc moment 
when she's like, is emotional intimacy turning you on? <laughs> like, she's like trying to get, she was like, tr she wasn't trying to mess with him at all. She was just being totally genuine. <laughs> she's like taken aback with how into her this man is. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Mine was the continuation of the Schmidt moment where he's like, you like my personality? And she's like, I was surprised, too. <laughs> well, did you have any other favorite moments? Just Winston getting his ear pierced. It's like, it's a, it's a, he's like, no, let me get it. Let me get it. <laughs> Joe Napoli strikes again. Just, just that Joe Napoli likes Winston so much. That it's so great. <laughs> oh, I loved um, Nadia listing all of the things that she likes about America. <laughs> McMouse! McMouse! I wish I could remember them all. He's like, he just doesn't understand. He's like, Mick, what? In our universe, Mickey Mouse is earthbound. Uh, who had the best moments? Oh, man. Well, not Nick. <laughs> Nick sucked in this episode. He made bad decisions. Oh, um, no, it's okay. It's, uh... He did make some bad decisions, though. I'm going to say Schmidt, because uh, Schmidt's really winning. The broken penis bit could go for three more episodes, honestly. I'd laugh at all of them. And he bagged Cece, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Schmidt <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this <agree>. time around. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Second place to Joe Napoli. <laughs> <laughs> for that one moment. <laughs> for that one scene, he took both episodes. <laughs> Fucking legend. Well, do you have any predictions for the season finale? Oh, boy. Season finale. Okay. Um, well, I hope to God that Nick and Caroline break up. I don't know if I'm going to predict it. Like, I feel like they might try to keep it together. It, I hope they break up. I think that... I think that Schmidt and Cece will stay together. I'm going gonna, gonna to... I think they'll go into season two. I feel like their relationship, like, this goes on for, like, six seasons, so I feel like their relationship might be kind of touch and go, but I also feel like people enjoy them so much together that, like, they'll ultimately end up more on than off again. Um, I don't know. I could never have predicted Paul coming back, so who who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, her first, maybe, what's his name? We'll be back. Elliot, what was his name? Spencer? Spencer will come back. I don't know. I don't know. That's spicy. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, more X's will show up. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not a very, not a very climactic uh, prediction, but I did turn the episode off right away, so I didn't see any of the the finale. So we'll see, see what happens. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, well, what else are you reading, watching, listening to? Oh boy. Well, it's been two days. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I really got into some literature. No. Have you been watching Mayor of Easttown? I haven't. I heard it's really good. It is really good. Yeah, the penultimate episode was on last night, and I'm fucked up on it. The fuck with this. What's going on? It's like Twin Peaks. No supernatural element. But just, like, in the way that it tells, like, the story, like, the way that Twin Peaks tells the story of the whole town rather than, like, one character. It's just Caitlin Winslet is still the lead, obviously. But, like, I'm just impressed at the way this show is able to get so much into so little. And there's only seven episodes, so it's perfect for my attention span. So really looking forward to seeing how that ends on Sunday. <laughs> I have to watch it. I've been it's putting it off. very good. It's very good. Uh, Evan Peters is uh, devastating. Kate Winslet does a great job. Jean Smart steals every scene as the mother, as the grandmother. And there's some pretty solid representation in it, so I would recommend. Cool. Yeah. There's some pretty uh, intense sequences, though, just so you know. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, last night I watched The Father, finally. It was so how, good. How was it? It was so oh, really? good. Yeah. I was expecting it to be garbage, okay? N no. Not that Anthony Hopkins is garbage, but just, you know, I, I felt like that premise wasn't ready to be handled by Hollywood yet, but I'm glad to know that it it was good. Yeah. I I also was like, uh, like, I don't know how I, if I really want to watch this, but I mean, obviously, like, I love Anthony Hopkins. I love Olivia Coleman, And I was like, you know, there's got to be a reason why so many people were like, this performance was better than Chadwick Boseman's. So I watched it and I was like, 
oh, unfortunately, I get it. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Mostly just because of, of the acting. The acting's incredible. And the premise was... I didn't really know anything about it going into it besides, like, the very basic premise. But the structure of it was... Oof. Really messed me up. Uh, so it's very, very good. Uh, I would recommend. And I also started reading Chelsea Girls. It's a memoir by Eileen Miles, the poet. And that's been delightful so far as well. So those are my recs. Oh, uh, all of my books are in boxes currently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so unfortunately, I haven't done much reading, but I'll get back to it. <laughs> I cut Middle March out so I could read it in Mansfield. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a long drive. I have 13 boxes of books and still have one more shelf to pack up. So, yeah, it's just, I I forgot that when we moved in, we like double stacked, like, especially on our bookshelf in the bedroom. I just like, I pulled down all of them and then I was like, oh, there's a whole just another layer of books back here. And you can't, you can't get rid of books, so it's just like, oh god, we're, we're gonna like ship like an entire library across the country right now. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> no, makes your home homey. I do. I'm very excited for you to come see it in a couple months. Ah, so close. It's ah. so close. It's <laughs> happening. Um. Well. Dear listeners, um, tune back in in two weeks. We will be talking about the season finale of season one and talking about the season as a whole, talking about who won the whole season. And let us know if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about or answer or anything at all. You can DM or text us, I'm sure. Once again, if you're listening, you know us personally, so... There's at least one person out there who's just listening to this for fun, and they're like, who are these people? One day one day when we're both, like, markedly more successful, this will be, like, a living document. Like, people will come back and be like, hey, listen to them when they were, like, 23. I don't know. I <laughs> but for so. now, just, it's, it's good to just talk of, uh, talk to the people we know. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start making stickers. New girl. Oh. Not another new girl podcast sticker, so we can just stick in places. Oh, I love that. Marketing. Marketing. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this has been Not Another New Girl podcast. The music by Hannah Scambalone. Editing by Ellie Kniff. Bye. See you next time.